Welcome back, everybody. It's episode 75 of Thoughts from the Shade. Post-Christmas, post-second loss of the season for our Philadelphia Eagles. And we'll bring the guy in. Bob, how are you, man? What's going on? I'm awful. How are you doing? <laughs> You're, the holiday cheer is gone on, on the 27th. As soon as Christmas is over, the holiday cheer is gone. The holiday cheer never came. The, the, the Whatever chance of holiday cheer, you know, would have shown up, exited my soul around uh, Christmas Eve, around like 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. Saturday afternoon, it just, it went to shit for you. Uh, understandably so. Uh, Eagles fall on Christmas Eve. The Minshew mania. There, there was no Minshew mania. I walk, you know, I was trading uh, or, or splitting time, I should say, right? With, uh, you know, my girl's family and my family Christmas Eve. So I went to her house early and, and then I get back to my house for the Eagles game. And I, I walk in and I see one of my uncles and, and the, you know, you give him the handshake. He looks at me and goes, Merry Christmas. It's Minshew mania. So <laughs> it, it's, everybody gets, gets pretty wrapped up in that pretty fast, but, uh, didn't get it done. 40 to 34 Eagles fall Saturday on Christmas Eve. Pretty wild game. I mean, I kind of talked last week to juice. Like I wasn't, it wasn't like the Super Bowl for me. It wasn't the game of the year for me. It was definitely an opportunity to, you know, clinch home field, get the one seed, the buy, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, before that game, we needed to win one game to, to secure all that, and we still got two opportunities to do it. Uh, but I will say it was a very entertaining game, and like you said, and I think you're feeling it a little bit more than me, but uh, despite my outlook on the game, I definitely felt uh, felt the pain because you, you see the star, you, you see the white uniforms, the only team that wears white uniforms religiously at home, and, and you, just, you just hate the fucking Cowboys, man. So I, I feel you with that, but... Just like to get your thoughts or, or your initial takeaways uh, from Saturday evening. My initial takeaways are that, you know, there's about 13 people that are directly responsible. Maybe 12 to 13 people, probably a dozen people that are responsible for the abomination that occurred on Christmas Eve. Let me just get on the list here. Can I give you the names? Run, run through. Here you baby. go. Alex Kemp, Mike Morton, Danny Short, Jeff Bergman, John Jenkins, Dale Shaw, Scott Helverson, Mike Chase, Jamie Alfieri Tuss. I'm also going to throw in Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, and that little limp dick Quez fucking Watkins, who's got no strength. He just drifts to the football and he just gets manned up. And I, and I, I get the guy was interfered with, it looked like, on, on, a, on a number of these routes, but holy hell, this is the National Football League grow set. So those are. In my mind, the 12 folks that are responsible for ruining Bombs Christmas. Can you, can you, uh, you know, elaborate on the, the first li- list of names you rattled off? I'm, I'm assuming maybe some officials, some, some video officials, replay officials. Is that where we're, where we're headed? That is Alex Kemp's officiating crew. I got a real problem. I'm, pres- I'm assuming side judge Dale Shaw. He's the guy I got the biggest problem with. Um, I am so sick and tired of this bullshit, G, where every time you get fucking jobbed in a game by an officiating crew, everyone, everyone's, well, you just can't win with four turnovers. You just can't win. They had the game fucking won. They had won. You know what you can't win? You can't win when you're net minus three turnovers. And then and fucking Dak Prescott drops back on first and ten. Ball gets knocked out. Strip sack. Eagles ball, side judge Dale Shaw comes running and waves Eagles, Eagles ball, points Eagles ball. And everybody's high-fiving. I'm at an event as well. Everybody's high-fiving. And I got to tell you, it's it's like it didn't happen. It, it was like the FBI came in. It's like Twitter. They come in, you know, they, they, they shadow ban. It's like the play didn't even happen. Next thing you know, it's third and 30. I'll throw D Slay in there too. He's number 13. Number 13 on, on the, the bones I got to pick. But I'm so sick and tired of this bullshit. Every time the team gets jabbed, the standard response from the coaches, the players, even the media, you hear it from the, the fucking media. 
No, you can't blame the officiating. You damn right you can blame the officiating. These are the same assholes that fucked us on Monday Night Football against the Redskins. When, when Dallas Goddard gets face masked, he fumbles the ball, and we lose that game. So if not for this group of jerk-offs, we'd be undefeated. We'd be 15-0. and 0. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with it. I don't think I'm I'm in the same boat. Like, yeah, it hurts to get jobbed. That play you mentioned, the, the, the Dak strip sack and the Eagles, it looks like the Eagles recover. You, you talk about the official point and, you know, Looks Eagles like ball, Eagles. they came flying in! <laughs> Dude, e- Eagles ball, right? And... We, we got people at the house, so there, there's a lot going on. But I don't think there was any real explanation of, of how that was just Dallas's ball, next play, you know, keep the game going. There was no significant delay. I didn't really see any discussion. Um, I thought it was Eagles ball. Then I turned back to the TV, and Dallas is continuing to drive the ball down the field. So I, I was just like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, but, yeah, the, the third and 30 play, like, I see that. And Jonathan Gannon came out, I don't know if it was today, Tuesday, or yesterday, and he kind of put put the onus on himself for that play. Uh, and, and obviously Darius Slay after the game is talking about everybody's got to do their jobs, man. Everybody's got to yeah, do their jobs. Yeah, you do a job. Yeah, so like – There's no crosser coming 20 yards below. What is he looking at? That was exactly my thought. So he's like subtly throwing Josiah Scott under the bus, right? But like – I get, I get it's a zone coverage, and he's got, you know, the the middle third or, or the, the one-third of the field, and then he's got maybe the underneath route. I didn't get a look at the all-22, but as soon as I heard him say that, and from the views that I saw the play, like, there was no underneath guy there. And it's third and 30. So, like, if somebody's going deep, why don't you just run with him? And if somebody short makes a catch, you go up and make a tackle. It's 30 goddamn yards. So, that's big play slay for you. It's not... Uh, we're not up three scores against Trevor Simeon and the Saints and, and yep. grabbing picks and, and handing balls to James Harden in the stands. It's third and 30 on Christmas Eve. You, you got the whole city's fucking holiday on your back, and uh, you're throwing Josiah Scott under the bus because you were looking for a, an underneath guy on a third and 30 play at a critical juncture of the game. And then for him to have the balls, you know, after the game in an interview, oh, D. D Slay, Slay, what are you going to do for Christmas? I'm going to get home, hang out with my baby girl. She's going to she's gonna unwrap the presents. Like, it's all well and good. Just another day at the office for D. Slay, giving up a third and 30. Meanwhile, I got to fucking live with this shit until, until New Year's Day. I don't want to get in there on New Year's Day. I don't want to have to get in there on New Year's Day. But now, Wayne Johnson's out. Hurts is still questionable. I got to get on there with me and all my buddies and will this team to a fucking win. We need you to do it, man. It's got to be done this week. I think it's got to be done. I think it's still got to be done without Jalen Hurts. I know it's it's kind of the hot button topic of the week is, is he going to play? Should he play? When should he rest? This and that. In, in my eyes, I still think you can get it done with, with Minshew. Uh, the, the bigger concern right now is, is obviously Lane Johnson – Avante Maddox, uh, two longer-looking injuries, I should say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just o- overall in the Dallas game for me, go- going into it, wasn't as fired up as a typical Dallas game. But as soon as, as soon as you know, the, the, the opening kickoff is kicked, you're just like, you just remember why, you know, Eagles-Dallas is as big as it is to, despite starting a backup quarterback. It, it was an eventful game. Uh, got got to show some love to Devontae Smith. I mean, what a second half that guy had. Was waiting for somebody to get that Salvation Army bucket involved uh, in the celebration. It's a shame they, they, they didn't go full bore on that. But uh, Miles Sanders. He, he would have had the game winner too, Jay. I don't mean to cut you off, but no, you're he's good. there ready to toe tap in the back of the end zone and he gets interfered with. Yeah. Well, he toe tapped. I don't know if it was the last drive, but it was uh, it was one of the the big drives in the game, and uh, he toe tapped on a sideline. It was an insane catch, and I, and I don't know if there, there were a couple looks. I don't know if he got it all down. Um, oh, they were down. They, they just rolled with it. So that's they, they were down. Oh, they were they were down because you would have known the Jerry button would have come out. The call would have been reversed. It wouldn't even have went to the sky cam or the or the booth. It would have just been reversed. You didn't what you thought you saw. You didn't see. That that that's the fumble play you alluded to, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if if that was uh, confirmed or whatever, but th- that one kind of made me think like you can't 
fully look at, at the whole botch job of, of the officiating. So I'm not I'm not fully on, on board with you. Like I, I'm a more of a you can't turn the ball four over, turn the ball over four times kind of guy than just, just toot and holler about the refs. No, but you can and you say can't give that. up a third so, and so fucking quit. thirty, man. So, so quit uh, third thirty. We would have been off the fucking field. Darius Slay was probably already on the bench. That's why. That's why he didn't. He didn't backpedal quick enough. He was already on the bench. I mean, look, I'm not going to excuse D Slay here, but the fact of the matter is, you don't lose games based on how many turnovers you lo- you you lose. You lose games based on the net turnover battle. And the Eagles were minus three on the day. It should have been probably minus two or minus one. You're minus three. I heard Jaworski say a stat. You lose like 96% of the games if you're minus three. If you're minus two, you got a better chance. So that strip sack by uh, on Dak, they they get the ball there. They probably win that game. And then don't get me started on your boy, Mr. Penn State. Oh, I, I, heard, I hear people talking about it before the game. We got to resign him. We got to resign this guy. I mean, come on. He's dancing well, in the backfield against ghosts, and he's dropping the football. I'm so sick and tired of that guy. Yeah, well, but before before you, you hopped in on me, that's where I was getting to because second fumble in as many weeks for Miles Sanders, and I I think the one against the Bears led the points. I'm pretty sure the one against Dallas led led the points and was kind of a big change of momentum in the game. It's it's tough to see because I I don't disagree with those those people that are saying he's having a great year. I don't I, don't, I mean you're you're the Howie guy, so I don't think. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Howie is is big on you know th- throwing big money at running backs. And I don't, I don't think Miles sure. Sanders is a big. He's not a big money running back, but he has had a really good year uh, up until the last two weeks. And it's not the time that you want to see it. I mean, I I preach it all the time. I think you feel the same way. Going into the playoffs, it doesn't matter if you're 17 and 0 or 9 and 8. You need to be hot. You need to be playing good football, and you need to be healthy. And right now against the Bears, kind of a shitty performance. I know the weather was a factor, uh, and I know Jalen Hurts didn't play against Dallas, but there's a lot of a lot of ugly spots uh, up and down the Seagulls roster and, and team in performance the last two weeks. Uh, you, you couple that with, with the Maddox injury, that sounds really discouraging. Lane Johnson is going to be hurting if he is back for the playoffs, and you, you hope to God Hurts is, is back at 100% when he's back. Uh, but it, I, don't, I don't know. It's a little Things are a little concerning. I'm not I'm – not, feeling the waltz to the Super Bowl that we've talked about uh, in recent weeks. Uh, I'm still feeling a waltz as long as Alex Kemp, Mike Morton, Donnie Short, Jeff Bergman, John Jenkins, Dale Shaw, Scott Helverson, Mike Chase, Jamie Alfieri, Tusk don't show up uh, with a jerry button. I'm still feeling a waltz. You know why? Because they're going to get the big playmaker on the back end back. They need uh, Gardner Johnson back. Uh, Hopefully, uh, Gannon finds his nutsack sometime this month or next month because – how do you have a team that, that generates nine pressures, six sacks, and you're playing zone on the back half? I think Dak went 24 of 24 against zone defense. You signed Bradbury to a deal. You got big play Slay signed to a deal. I get you got Blankenship back there at safety. You got Epps back there at safety. But can we can we man up? Can, can we jam a guy at the line of scrimmage? Or do I have to watch C.D. Lamb dance around with his multicolor? He's like Joseph with the multicolored dream coat, except it's all on his dread. You know, it's like, that's what I got to see. I got to CD to his dance. Man up! Can we man up? It was really, really tough to watch the the day that CD had. Like, no more Amari Cooper. I thought Schultz was like a nice piece for, for Dallas, but he hasn't really popped off. I think he's missed some of the year, but like, who else do they have? They have Gallup, but like, we just failed to... They got T.Y. To try to... Try to Oh yeah, yeah, they got they got, they got the ghost or the corpse of Ty fucking trotting down the field on on Christmas Eve. It's, it was a Christmas miracle that 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 guy gets thirty yards down the field and, and catches a ball. Uh, but but CD Lamb, I mean, the guy absolutely popped off, and all, all these Slays and and Bradberries, and even though he's hurt, Garner Johnson's, you know, these guys, everybody talks a big game, and all the blowhards talk about you know the PFF and. Slay and Bradbury, they're, they're, they're top two of three corners in, in coverage in the league. And you think back to the Minnesota game and how Justin Jefferson had had a bad game. He must have not been feeling well that day because it couldn't have been our guys. Uh, but, I mean, C.D. Lamb is their only guy in the past game, really. And we did nothing to neutralize him whatsoever, and he absolutely popped off. It was tough to watch regardless of, of the hair color, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm just busting the guy's stones here just because he's a sure. Dallas player. I mean, I'd love him if he was on the Eagles. But the fact of the matter is, 
You know, you talk about quarterbacks. You talk about a Jalen Hurts. You talk about a Minshew. These guys go into a week, right? And the coaching staff says, what do you like, Jalen? What do you like, Gardner? What do we want to run against this defense? What kind of concepts do you like? When they're sitting in the defensive meetings, when a guy like Darius Slay or James Bradbury is sitting in a defensive meeting, does anyone raise their hand and say, hey, hey, Jonathan, with the A-frame fucking bented hat, okay, who looks like an asshole in the front of the room staring at, you know, the big projector. Asshole, why are we playing zone? James and I want to play man. Does anyone raise their hand and say that? Or do we just say, we got to do our job. I did my job, but the other guys got to do their job. People got to do their jobs, man. That's that's what it comes down to. It's not about, uh, you know, collaborating uh, throughout the week and, and, and putting a game plan together. And, like, where are where are all the analytics guys? Because I don't know if it was before the game, but I definitely saw something after the game uh, about the success for Dak versus the zone uh, and against man coverage. And, like, it was so much better against zone than it was against man. Just disappointing because – you know, the Eagles' entire philosophy as it relates to fourth down situations, as it relates to offense, they're uber aggressive, uber aggressive, uber aggressive. The analytics say that. And defensively, it's like he he, he thinks that a professional quarterback who's paid hundreds of millions of dollars is going to be the guy that makes a mistake in zone coverage. Like, like Jonathan Gannon's just willing to die by way of, like, death of a thousand paper cuts. Like, that's the only way he's willing to go down. There's no... When's the last time you've seen a corner come off the edge for, like, a corner blitz? Do we do, we do any of that in, like, a blind side? Do we do any stunting? Do we do any of that blitzing? We do none of that. We do none of it. We just... We just we, we, we rush our four guys, and, and maybe three, you know, because Fletcher might not want to rush that down, right? We'll see what Fletcher wants to do today. We rush our guys up front, we play zone on the back end, and pick us apart. Pick us apart... Like like a like a freaking a dead deer carcass on the side of the road. No, there's no creativity. It's like we're we're as passive as a guy that that goes out on a Friday and Saturday night that just stands with his boys like on the side of the bar. That the time keeps ticking. It's eleven o'clock. Couple beers. It's twelve o'clock. Maybe a shot. It's one o'clock. Oh, what do you know? It's two o'clock. And the girl that's made eye contact with with me 40 times, I haven't moved a fucking inch to go say hi to her. Now the lights come on, and uh, Dak Prescott's completing a, a 30-yard pass or 40-yard pass on third and 30, and I'm going home, uh, for the lack of a better word, with my horn in my hand. So it's uh, – I mean, that like that's, that's what happened on Saturday. It is what it is. Um, but it's just more – more problems than answers uh, after, after that game, a, after the, the Chicago game, and it doesn't sit well with me at the moment. I'm not I'm not throwing in the white towel in the season or waving the white flag, whatever the hell they call it, but there, there are certainly a number of red flags at, at this point in time uh, with this team. But anything else that, that you thought or anything that else that stood out to you you wanted to get to on the, on the game Saturday? Yeah, the only thing I want to get to is uh, is is the the abomination. I gave you thir- I think thirteen guys that I had an issue with. Let me give you two more: uh, uh, Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson. I mean, are they are they like the uh, announcers for like the Dallas Cowboy preseason games too? I mean, you you they they were they were they love the Cowboys, and it was like unbelievable hearing them talk. They didn't bring up the fumble. They didn't bring up the official signaling Eagles ball. It was like North Korean media is what it was. It was TV media. Ain't nothing to see here. Keep it moving. And then, uh, you know, I come to find out, you know, it was the talk of the the little get-together I was at. You know, Fox Fox has the Super Bowl this year. It's not Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Like, you you totally forget about that. The fact of the matter is that, you know, you think, oh, Burkhart and Olsen are doing the 425 game. Like, oh, that's, you know, they suck. But, you know, whatever. Fox game of the week. Okay. But these... Two assholes are doing the Super Bowl. I mean, are you kidding me with that? You're going to put that kind of product out there? That's pathetic. The NFL has kind of killed the the shuffle of the broadcasters this year. I mean, you got Buck and Aikman on Monday Night Football. Uh, they haven't. They've. W- w- there's been what 16 weeks thus far, 17 weeks. They they've maybe gotten like four or five actual like decent games. And th- then you moved Al Michaels off of Sunday Night Football. Not that the NFL did it, but you still this. It's still fucked up. That's the point. 
and he's on Thursday night calling games on Amazon, which a lot of people don't even have access to, don't even bother to watch. And then it's him and Herbie, who I'm a big Herbie guy, uh, but they're, they're calling these slop games on Thursday night on a streaming service. So total drop of the ball uh, for broadcasting in the NFL this season. I totally agree with you. The one thing that, that really killed me too is uh, that Dak Prescott. Uh, I think I said it said it last week, you know, some tragedy in his life, adversities had to overcome. Uh, not saying he's the only guy that's had that, but like a respectable story in that sense. But kind of like you said with Lamb, once you see the star on him, you hate him, you hate the face, he's hateable on the field, and he's hateable the way he carries himself. He was fucking trotting or skipping off that turf down at Jerry World on Saturday like uh, one of Santa's elves, like he had just won the Super Bowl. It's like, buddy, you just beat Garner Minshew. You're still in second place. Uh, take your ball and, and go home and, and show me something in January, and then I'll have have a little bit more respect for your game. Yeah, and he's not a tough guy. Like, people forget when he was at Mississippi State, he got his ass kicked in a Walmart parking lot on spring break in Panama City Beach. I happened to go to that same parking lot years later and stood in the exact same space where Dak got his fucking ass kicked, which is wild why you don't blitz a guy like that. Who's just a, a, a college football player who gets his absolute ass kicked in a Walmart parking lot. So yeah, you know, nice enough guy, seems like a good enough guy, seems to do things, you know, off the field the right way, you know, absent getting your ass kicked in a Walmart parking lot, but he throws a star on, you got, you can't stand him. And you know what? I got a problem too with all the scumbag Cowboys fans, whether you're from Dallas or whether you're one of these Philly cockroaches who are a Cowboys fan just because of the early 90s. I mean, the, the kind of nonsense they were talking about after the first game when the Eagles beat the Cowboys. Oh, you beat our backup. You beat our, we didn't have Dak. We didn't have Dak. You, 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 you want a shootout thanks to the officials against Jacksonville's former quarterback, okay? Let's just call it what it is. Gardner Minshew, Jacksonville's former quarterback, okay? So we're missing our MVP QB. And it's like, they won the Super Bowl. You're so right. They were skipping off the field. I mean, Fat Mike McCarthy looked like he was ready to jump down a chimney. It was ridiculous. Fat so McCarthy. My brother was asking what you called him when we were, like, watching the game. He's like, what, what does Bob call him? And I couldn't think of it. And then I was like, Fat so McCarthy. <laughs> Pretty good. But, uh, yeah, all, all the antics online. But, you know, Twitter is a – it's an interesting place. And uh, – but all the shit, yeah, like back in, I don't know, October, whenever we played them the first time, September, whatever it was, it was you you beat our backup. And then now the Eagles fans are saying, well, you beat our backup. And it's it's this whole back and forth. Like, but our, our, our starting quarterback should win the MVP. Uh, will he? I, I don't know. It, it's not the end of the world to me, but he's had an MVP caliber season. You're and, and he's in his like, what second full year as a starter, younger guy, and your starting quarterback is in like year got who knows what four or five six somewhere in that vicinity has hasn't won a playoff game, uh, hasn't had an MVP caliber season that that I can remember, and, and he shits down his leg in all these big spots, and they're talking this talk. And, and you're still sitting in second place. The The road to the Super Bowl and the NFC still is going to run through the link. So I, I don't want to fucking hear it from the, these these corny-ass Dallas fans. And They're from all over the country. They're from all over the world. And you know the next night, uh, Christmas Day, the, M- the NBA on Christmas Day, they were flipping on LeBron James and the Lakers to cheer them on too. So I couldn't agree more. Just, just the worst fan base in sports. Yeah, terrible fan base. Um, so we got we got Eagles Saints Saturday, one o'clock game. You going? I mean, I have to after what yeah, occurred. You know, I don't want to go. Years. You think I want to go to that? You think I want to? You think I want to go on a Sunday at one o'clock when I got work the next day? Like on a month? Like no, I don't want to go to that. But I'm forced to go. I'm forced to go watch the Eagles drub the New Orleans Saints get a better draft pick, and clinch a first-round buy. I mean, I'm just going to do my – I'm going to show up. I'm not going to be like big play slay. I'm not going to turn around to the guy in Section 243 and say he's got to do his job. I'm going to turn around and say, you know what, we all have to do our job, all of us, including myself, and I'll be there. And I, th- I, think, the, uh, I think that sentiment is probably widespread across Philadelphia fans. Everybody feels, you know, someone has a ticket. You know, it's New Year's Day. Maybe you're out having a night the night before, but – 
we need to clinch. And I think Philadelphia, the people are going to show up and, and be fired up. Um, it was a tough loss to Dallas, but it's one game. Like after that game, you hate Dallas. It hurts. You hate them see the see them celebrate. You hate that it's on Christmas and you're with family and everybody's watching together. It's good memories, but in the grand scheme of things, it's one game and we're gonna win one of these last two. We're gonna get the bye, and all will be well. And we'll this this game will be forgotten. I mean, it'll be remembered because it was Christmas and the company. And maybe that it was a great game. But when you look back on this season, that that game will be forgotten. I, I truly believe that. Uh, I don't know what the status of Jalen Hurts is, but I, I've kind of, you know, ma- made my feelings known uh, about him. Like, he's still untouchable until January for me. Well, I guess Sunday is January 1st. Uh, Happy New Year. But um, he, he's untouchable for me until the playoffs leave, leave him in the box get him right you, you can win one of these games with Minshew like it, it really shouldn't be a discussion I'm, I'm sorry uh but but wanted to get your thoughts I think if he's if he can go he's got to go I mean I don't I I think it's all a matter of if he's healthy um I don't want a guy out there who's 80 percent or 90 percent if he's 100 percent he has to go I don't think he's going to be 100 percent because there's no way a guy who's 300 pounds and lands on your right shoulder, sprains your shoulder. You know, there's no way that you're a hundred. You get you're a hundred percent throwing the football two weeks later. So, in my mind, you're just going to have to roll with Minshew. I think it's kind of a little bit of a manufactured debate when I hear when I flip on sports radio and they're talking about can Jalen go? Will Jalen go? Can Jalen do this? Can Jalen do that? Is he healthy or is he not? If he's not a hundred percent, he can't go. Bottom line, end of story. Which means you got to win with Minshew. I agree with that. It's it's a it's a hundred or no. I'm I'm with that. Like if he's a hundred percent, if he's willing to to put his head down and run up the middle, uh, and run into linebackers and go for extra yards along the sidelines, if it's that Jalen Hurts, then like yeah, that's great. He he can play. Uh, but if if it's a guy where you're gonna have to adjust the game plan, you know we we got to shelter Jalen a little bit. I don't need any of that bullshit. Minshew, he played fine against Dallas. Couple costly turnovers, not all on him. But we 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 saw him play last year. We saw him play last week. He's totally fine. He can win football games in this league, especially with the team that the Eagles have and the opponents that they have coming up. So I'm I'm with you a hundred or or bust uh, on the Jalen Hurts discussion. Um, but yeah, we'll look forward to Sunday. I think the Eagles are a seven point favorite at the moment. One o'clock will ring in the new year. Uh, with some Eagles football. Hopefully I'll still be alive uh, on January 1st after uh, back-to-back weddings this weekend. Uh, anything else? <laughs> yeah. We'll Is it the weddings that. or a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head? <laughs> well, yeah. When you're, uh, if, if, when you're sitting at a, at a table and you're on your 80th beer of the weekend and you're, you're sweating through your suit, your, sh- your, sir- your shirt and your suit jacket, uh, from all the booze, you know, and TCU's playing Michigan and Ohio State's <laughs> playing Georgia, and you, you could be sitting in your sweatpants somewhere. Yeah, uh, it might be self-inflicted, but it's all good. Uh, NFL Week 16. Uh, I, I'll I'll scroll through the board while I throw this over to you, but uh, how about them Jacksonville Jaguars, man? I gave Controlling it to everybody their own preseason. Destiny, Doug Peterson. I gave it to everybody preseason. I gave it to everybody on Thursday night. In fact. I didn't even realize really the Jags were playing Thursday night until about five o'clock. Um, you know, you shut the laptop for the, uh, for the end of the week. And, you know, I said, wait, hang on. Doug is playing a Thursday night game on the road in New York against Zach Wilson. Holy shit. Bet the house. My only regret is I didn't take the whole down payment for the house that I can't afford and just slam it into my freaking sports book app and put it all on Doug. But I will say next year, if they play a Thursday night game, I may, I may do that. Um, yeah, over six and a half. Easiest money I've made in quite some time. This guy is a tactician. You know, you see, did you see the tweet going around of Doug with his with his reader glasses on the bridge of his nose? And somebody said, if Doug Peterson has these glasses on the bridge of, the, of his nose, you know you're about to get cooked as a defense. I mean, yeah, that's amazing. wasn't it just last year or two years ago, whatever it was when all the Wentz dumpster fire hit, where they said, Doug's not scheming him up. Remember, remember this whole thing? Why doesn't he run Wentz on a bootleg? <laughs> they sent this guy to steal offense. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looks like a great player. 
And uh, they interviewed Chad Khan, the owner of the Jags, and and he said, I've studied all the winning teams, and what they have is they have a quarterback that they can build around. He's like, I knew we had that in Trevor. And he goes, and finally we have the other piece, a head coach, a guy who the guys can believe in and uh, and feel supported by. And, you know, I, I'll just say it. I'll give you an early sneak peek next year. I'm thinking about putting a future on a Trevor Lawrence MVP ticket next year. Second year in the offense, Doug Peterson, a uh, really shitty division. I mean, stranger things have happened. So I am fired up. I am excited. What 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 a season for the Jags. And by the way, they can make the playoffs here. Control their own destiny. I think I think I read something regardless of outcomes in week 17 this weekend uh, for Tennessee and Jacksonville. Uh, the week 18 matchup between the Titans and the Jags will be for the AFC South crown. So you gotta you gotta love when you get to the last week of the season. You have a pl- basically a playoff game, and that's that's what will have between the Jags and the Titans. Uh, I believe the Jags beat them in week fifteen or fourteen. One of these one of these weeks uh, recently, and the last game between the Titans and the Jags is in Jacksonville, week eighteen. So for the AFC South, should we crown, fly down? Should we fly down? <laughs> you know, I was told when Foles left, go be a Jags fan. I mean. And then they can Doug, you know, and then I bought his jersey. So I might have to yeah. wear the jersey for if they just make the playoffs. I might have to wear the jersey for like a week. I know, I know. We like beat some of this stuff to death, and uh, it, it is what it is, I guess. But like, it's so unbelievable that the same people that were trying to run Doug out of town, you know, within a year or two of him bringing you your first championship in in franchise history or Super Bowl. Let me correct myself. Your first Super Bowl. These are the same people that are drumming up those fucking tweets and memes of Doug Peterson with the glasses and saying, "Oh, if, if he's got, if he's got this look, you, you know, you're cooked." You're the same asshole that like two years ago we're running this guy out of town after we brought you the fucking Lombardi Trophy. It's so am, true. Am I wrong? They were they oh they were dude they were running fools out of town because they wanted to commit to Wentz. They ran Doug out of town. We need remember, remember the guy, the, the guy who's currently unemployed, right? The guy who's currently unemployed was the brains of the operation, Frank Reich. It's unbelievable. I mean, none of these people are held to account for the bullshit they shoot off into the universe. I'm so sick and tired of everybody having these dog shit opinions. Guys who've never picked up a, a, a bat or a ball or played a sport, any of it. They're all pathetic. And I'm like. You know, we've been doing this for for a good good while now. We we get things wrong. We give out picks. Our picks lose. Our picks win. We give out takes. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. But it, I'm never gonna like shy away from that. Or I'm, I'm gonna try not to. Like if someone gave me a take that I gave and was like that was dog shit and you were wrong, I'd be like, yeah, maybe I was wrong. But like the the Wentz people now they're just on to hurts and we were hurts all along. And the the the, the Doug people. Or the, the the people that wanted to run Doug out of town, you know, now they're rooting for him. Oh, he's he's doing so great in Jacksonville. Great to see Doug succeed. It's like you wanted this guy fucking gone. And all good things come to an end, and things happen. Uh, and and you can still root for Sirianni and be a Sirianni fan. But like, don't 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 be drumming up these memes of of Doug Peterson <laughs> and, and then acting like you, you weren't on air or online or somewhere saying this guy needs to fucking go. It's it's a disgrace. It's stale. The offense is stale. <laughs> yeah, it's it's stale. The fucking Jacksonville Jaguars were beyond stale, and now they're they're about to win the AFC South in year one with Doug. So we don't need to talk about stale. Um, I'm trying to think what else stood out to me from from Week 16. Uh, the one thing I'll mention: the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they played Christmas Day down in Miami. Fell down early. One of my plays Christmas Day, we we cashed in there. Uh, we won't talk about the other one, but I did give out uh, a Denver money line pick on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. That, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, and uh, it deserves this. But uh, Packers, yeah, they're they're heating up. I believe they're at seven and eight. Uh, if they win out, I think they just need a hair of help from Washington in the form of a Washington loss. Um, but before that game, you know, I put in the, the plus three and a half ticket. I also put a few pennies, liter- literal pennies, uh, on Green Bay to win the NFC and, and Green Bay to win the Super Bowl. And, and if I, th- I think back 
to preseason, I gave out a bunch of futures. It didn't have any Green Bay, but we gave our, our Super Bowl picks. And I think I had Packers over Chargers. Uh, and both, both of those teams are, have a little bit of steam. The Chargers clinched last night. Uh, still not, you know, one of the true blue bloods of the AFC, but got a good quarterback. They're getting healthy. And then I look at, at Green Bay. It's Aaron Rodgers, right? I think the defense has kind of underachieved so far this year. Uh, but they're starting to figure it out with some of those receivers. They got the two two backs uh, that they can lean on. And I look at that the NFC playoff picture. The NFC is not very good. You know, like it's the Eagles who are trending the wrong way right now. It's San Francisco who's got a pretty good team, but it's Brock Purdy, it's Shanahan. I don't think they're going to get over the top at the end of the day. And then who else is it? It's Minnesota. They stink. It's Dallas. They stink. It's Tampa Bay. Wait, wait, wait. You People think Dallas still... stinks? Dallas sucks. You think Dallas sucks? Yes. Like, are, you're, are you afraid to play Dallas again? No, I want to play Dallas. But I'm not going to sit here yeah, and say that the Eagles would just crush Dallas or Dallas stinks. You know what I mean? Like, Dallas has playmakers. We just saw it. Yeah. All right. Well, st- maybe stinks isn't the right word, but I don't think Dallas can go to the Super Bowl. Dude, why? Why will? Why don't you think Dallas could go to the Super Bowl just because of them not winning the division and having to play the road games? I just don't think Dak will will get it done in, in crunch time on the road in the playoffs. No shot. So you're taking every factor into play. Okay. All right. I mean, I guess, I guess that's you're taking the. You're not looking at the team as they are. What you're saying is. They don't have a chance just based off the road to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, kind of. I mean, even if Dallas had the one seed, I, I still would say that they're not going to make the Super Bowl. But uh, And then it's, it's Tampa Bay. People are talking about, you can't you can't count out Tom Brady. And I'm, I'm maybe making the same case about Rodgers right now, but that Tampa Bay team is horrific. Dude, they like, blow. They're they're fucking terrible. Like at least at least Green Bay is trending a bit. I know that their play isn't phenomenal, but you know they're trending. Uh, Tampa Bay, I, I don't see anything with it. They look old. They look slow. They they look. That's a team that looks stale. That's a team that looks very stale. They look like they miss uh, Bruce Arians. Kind of getting a, a fire under those guys. I don't know what Bowles and and Leftwich are doing. Todd Bowles uh, is like then, asleep at the wheel. Like you ever watch an interview with him? I mean, I can't, I can't imagine an offensive player thinking, oh, my God, we're going to out-scheme these teams. Todd Bowles <laughs> is our head coach. Like, his sideline interviews, I mean, does somebody want to wake him up? Like, give him, like, an Adderall or something. Wake the guy up. It's like he just took an Ambien. He's going to bed. I don't think he, like, ever emotes, like, through the face so, on the sideline or in these interviews. Like, it's, he's, he's like, he would be a good poker player, I think, Todd Bowles. Yeah, I mean, I don't need you to be Sirianni, but holy shit. Nick S going off. I can't, you know, I'm a little shot. shocked that you're as high on Green Bay as you are because, <laughs> I mean, they won the game. Yeah, okay, at Miami, but like, what what did they beat? They beat a quarterback who suffered like his third concussion in nine weeks. Like the guy was throwing the, the ball to the other team. Did you see the numbers on that? You know, before the hit in that game, and then after the hit, that apparently concussed him again. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and now I'm hearing these bozos on ESPN. Oh, they need to shut them down for the year. Who had that first, G? You gave us a deep dive on that uh, a while back. He should have been shut down after the second one in consecutive weeks. It's unbelievable. Was that the the Thursday night against Cincinnati? Yeah, when he started basically seizing on the field. Yeah, he had the crazy hands. And and then like two weeks later, he's playing not – not a good look for whoever's in charge of that. I know we can I think they ought to trot him out in a must-win game this week. <laughs> Just see what happens. That's a terrible idea. I know you're being sarcastic. Well, we'll it's the NFL. You know, it's unbelievable. It's like basically gladiator from the Roman era. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I... That's why I said pennies. It's a it's a very small wager, but I just think I think the NFC is is still kind of wide open. So maybe some one of the teams that I say don't have a, sh- a shot will step up, but then otherwise it's it's Washington, it's the Giants, and either Seattle Seattle or Detroit. Like none of these teams inspire like a deep run to me. So if, if Green Bay can get in, they'll be hot. You'd assume they'd be healthy. Couple ingredients there, and 
you know, maybe maybe you cash a long shot, uh, at least on winning the NFC or something. But if not, you, you hope they get in and, uh, you know, maybe hedge or, or something like that. But just very small, just just a thought, something that I'm feeling as I'm, I'm watching this playoff picture. Because in the AFC, I mean, I think the AFC playoffs are going to be fantastic. Uh, a lot of good teams over there, teams playing well. Hopefully Baltimore gets Lamar Jackson back. Uh, I feel like they're they're a little bit overlooked. They got a good defense. They're they're tough. They're well coached. So, a uh, lot. I think a lot more depth and, and better teams in, in the AFC. But I think that top two of uh, Kansas City and the Bills and and don't don't forget about the the Bengals. I think they're up to seven in a row now. Seven or eight in a row. Uh, so that, they should have lost that really New England. Good. New England man, two back to back weeks of just choking away a game. That was pathetic. And I had them plus three. They lose by four. They came all the way back, and Ramondre Stevenson fumbles the fucking ball going into the end zone. Uh, but Lyle Collins, starting right tackle for the Bengals out, out the year, so that's a huge loss on that offensive line for Cincinnati. Something to keep in mind as as we press on. Um, reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at TFTSpod and on Instagram at Thoughts from the Shade. Shall we switch gears? Uh you know, with New Year's Eve coming up, bowl seasons in in full full form here. Uh, I'm getting crushed in bowl season thus far. Um, college football playoff Saturday night, New Year's Eve, four o'clock, eight o'clock. We got the four o'clock TCU Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl, and eight o'clock Ohio State Georgia. In the Peach Bowl, down where the peaches grow, man. Uh, I think the last I saw this line for Michigan and TCU is is down to seven, I want to say. I need to double check. Seven and a half. I got seven and a half at the Fiesta Bowl. Michigan, TCU. I mean, I think we got to just pick them on air tonight, Bob. Yeah, I haven't done any research. I'm rooting for TCU. I'll probably take TCU on the points, um, just in the hopes the offense goes off. But I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if Michigan won this game, like you know, forty to twenty-four or something. Um, I think Michigan wins. I'll probably just take TCU as a total sucker, but just because I'm like rooting for, rooting for them, and I don't want to root for a Michigan blowout. So yeah, how's that sound? Hey, that's that sounds good. I think I think uh, I'm gonna go with TCU as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points. Uh, you know, obviously Michigan, more talented team. They were there last year. You know, second consecutive year winning the Big Ten. Uh, th- this isn't gonna be new to them, and and TCU is is kind of gonna be that that new team. Um, but th- they've kind of been the new team all along. They were they were undefeated all year. They were, were high in the rankings all year. They had to deal with that pressure. And whatnot. So I don't think they'll be they'll be two phased. I like Sonny Dykes, the coach, and, and Duggan is a gamer. Uh so I think he kind of keeps it together for them. And then you look at Michigan just kind of throughout the year, like, yeah, they 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 beat the breaks off Ohio State, they beat the breaks off Penn State, but they played some other like mid tier teams like really close down to the wire, Illinois, Maryland. Um so they didn't kill everybody. Uh and I just think TCU is is a tough team. I, th- I think they they can cover the number, but I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I wouldn't be surprised if you know Michigan with with the pedigree uh, and the experience last year going there and maybe making a statement. Um, but but I I like TCU in that game. Uh, but I'm I'm more interested to to discuss the Peach Bowl between Ohio State and Georgia. One verse four, four verse one. Uh, that line. Opened at six and a half, and it has sat at six and a half for the better part of three and a half or four weeks ever since those final four rankings were revealed. Um, I think when that matchup was first announced, I was on, on the Twitter account. You know, so not glad that Ohio State got in, but glad that they got in and got matched up with Georgia because I want to see them get embarrassed. We talked all year long about how they've really underperformed. They don't look great. Uh, Stroud is is fraudulent and all that stuff. So uh, I, w- I was pulling for, for this matchup and, and for Georgia to beat the brakes off them, but I just so I saw the line when it came out. I've monitored the line. It, ha- it hasn't moved a tick. And uh, it's a 
It's a little sketchy, Dude, you're man. A you're, you're a total you're sucker. You're shaking your head, but it's a little sketchy. Hey, I'm not I'm not giving the pick yet. I'm just saying there's something suspect going on here. So where where, where, are, you, where are you landing? <laughs> I got to land now. It sounds now. like you're ready to, you know, start putting a sticker on the side got, of your head or something. No, no. It, it it's just really difficult because it's not difficult. Well, the action the action is, man. The action is because I think think about the spots that I get in where I'm like there this is going to be a blowout. Preseason, first pick of the season. That Notre Dame Ohio State game. I I talked about Ohio State, how great they are, the passing game, yada yada. They were 17 point favorites or something like that. They 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 barely won the game, didn't get a cover. It kind of feels like one of those situations where it's Georgia's the defending champ. They they got better interior play. They've been there, done that. Ohio State's had a, a wacky year. They get blown out at home by Michigan as an eight point favorite. A lot of talk, but like they they are getting like a second life here. So. And that number is just sticking out to me. But I'll still bet Georgia. I'm still going to bet Georgia because yeah, uh, I can't I, I, I can't bet the Bucks. I can't do it. But I, I will not be surprised. I will not be surprised if Ohio State somehow covers that number. And I, But I'd be shocked if they won the game. Shocked. C.J. Stroud, you think they're going to cover that number? Yeah, I'll tell you. Let me give you a comp. Let me give you a comp. Last time, Ohio State showed up to the dance as a non-representative of the conference, a.k.a. having not won the conference, they got their fucking brakes beat off by Clemson. Okay? And everybody sat around and wondered, why couldn't Penn State get in? Well, guess what? Penn State lost. They choked it away in the Rose Bowl to Clay Helton, who got canned, and then subsequently everybody panicked and thought James Franklin was going to USC. Couldn't beat him in a Rose Bowl, but they gave him $100 million. So that's where we stand. That's the last time Ohio State showed up not winning the Big Ten. And I think it's, I mean, this is going to be like a 40 to 10 game. C.J. Stroud gets tossed around like a rag doll. Jackson Smith and Jigba stands on the sideline and just says, you know what? I wish I could have went. I wish I could have gone today, man. We all know you're just sitting around to get that draft stock up. They are going to get bludgeoned. You think Georgia? You think, if I'm Georgia, I am so fucking disrespected by that line having run through the SEC winning a national championship next year, and we got to play a team that finished second in the Big Ten East from up north, and we're not even laying a fucking touchdown? We are going to murder that football team. That is what I'm talking about in the locker room if I'm Kirby Smart. That's that's how I felt at first, but then just watching the line, that's what had had me thinking. That's, that's all. Um, because whenever I feel how you just felt, I usually get, you know, reamed in the rear. So, uh, <laughs> just, just, just some words to the wise, words of caution. But I, I, I'm with you, man. Like, you give Kirby Smart a month to prepare for this team. Uh, you know, he's definitely got the edge on Ryan Day in terms of coach and scheme and preparation. So, so no worries about that. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I had to, had to share my, my thoughts on that line because it does seem suspect. But if you know, he, he's, he's got to be smacking that on the board every day, six and a half. You're, you're not even a touchdown better than this team, and, and they, they blew dick all year. So, uh, yeah. You know, I, you know I, what cracks me up is, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I, I, I'm rambling, so you're good. Uh, I was, I was driving around. You know, you're doing the holiday shopping, so you're driving around, and I'm a work from home guy, so. You know, I'm not in the car often, you know, before work, after work. You know, it's not like I have a commute anymore. So you're not you're not listening to sports talk radio. So I'm going around doing the holiday shop and the Christmas shop and the whole thing. I got it on. I got I got WIP, I got ninety seven five, the whole thing on, right? And you know, they don't these guys don't talk about college football all year. They don't watch a lick of it, right? They're they're watching like a Saturday Sixers game in October against like, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks or some bullshit. And uh and all of a sudden now they're all experts in college football. Okay, and I heard these guys who were hosts, a total joke, total joke, talking about how the Ohio State scheme offensively is going to give Georgia fits. And they said, you know, Ohio State doesn't match up well against teams like Michigan. You know, that's why they lost. But 
They're playing against Georgia, and Georgia, they, they're not great against these types of spread teams. You know, you know they, they were able to beat Alabama, but Alabama just runs the football. They don't throw the ball. I mean, when's the last time these guys watched an Alabama game? Like 2006? It's unbelievable that these guys yeah, got the- sit on the air and talk about this bullshit. I mean, so that's all I need to hear. Like, these guys sitting there, you know, Joe Public talking about Ohio State's aerial attack giving an SEC powerhouse trouble. There ain't no fucking way. Alabama's got a defending Heisman winning quarterback yeah. and all that all, all they do is run the ball. Yeah, I've heard I've heard some of that too. Like uh people looked at the Kent State game that Georgia played and, and Kent State was able to hang in that game, put up some points and th- they do a lot of like wide receiver screens apparently. So people are saying that's something Ohio State does. Uh Georgia had had a scare from Mizzou, I believe, at some point in the season. I don't know if there were any parallels in scheme with Ohio State there, but I mean, at the time, Hendon Hooker, Josh Heupel, the Tennessee Volunteers, the number one team in the country, the best offense in the country at the time before the injury, better offense than the world-famous Ohio State Buckeyes. I mean, I love Gus Johnson as a commentator, but when he gets when he gets Ohio State and he keeps calling them the world-famous Ohio State Buckeyes, I, I want to gauge my eyes out of my head. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that Tennessee offense – was high flying. It was a spread air raid attack. Uh, and they had the ball for like the entire second half and still couldn't cover the number uh, or put any points up. Oh my God. I'm going to keep this on. Whoa. I'm having, I'm having a nosebleed live on air. Whoa. Holy for hell. those who can't see, G is bleeding out of his nose. I mean, is, is this a sign that just even talking about Ohio State? I mean, just causes just a spike in your blood pressure because they dominate Penn State year in, year out. I mean, here you are. You're bleeding out of orifices. It's sad that James Franklin's done this to you. But enjoy I'll the Rose Bowl. Stay, stay here. <laughs> Folks, this guy, this guy's bloodied. He looks bludgeoned. He's just now settling back down. I mean, that's the kind of beating that these Penn State fans have taken over the, the last, I don't know, 20 years. It's sad that the mere thought of Ohio State getting in as a 4CG, getting in as a, a second team in the Big Ten East, has caused you to basically bleed out on air. But thankfully, I'm still here. Is there anyone you want to nominate as a potential future co-host should you die on air? Uh. Given that it's college football right now, I would nominate our boy Chip. Uh, Chip brings a lot of energy. He does pretty well with with college football selections. Um, just just a big football guy all around. I, I think I'd nominate him. Um, holy hell, that man! That's something else, man. I mean, for those who are not watching online uh, and just listening to audio. If you're a Stranger Things fan, I mean, it looked like G-, G was turning into 11. It was unbelievable what was going on. I just hope it stops. Did you talk that entire time? No, I mean, I was there. Were, I was, when, once you got back into the camera, I gave some gave some some thoughts to the people. But I I, I was scared. I was getting ready to dial up 911 because you were gone for quite some time. <laughs> I'm back. I mean, we'll just the right. mere thought of James Franklin being offered the the USC job, and you start, you almost die on us. I almost, Can we give him another that, hundred million, G? That that cer- that certainly wouldn't kill me, uh, <laughs> dude. That's that's wild. I thought I just had like snot running out of my nose, and then I, not to be super descriptive, but I guess I'll do it anyway. But then I like could feel it coming out, and I didn't want to do a big sniff, you know, into the microphone. People don't want to hear that. And then uh, I got I got the new ring light here for production. I'm, I'm a real content creator here. And I can see the blood dripping out of my nose. So apologies uh, for, for the delay there. We'll, we'll do our best uh, in, in post-production on that. But were we still talking about Georgia and Ohio State? I think we, we beat that horse to death. Um, lay the six and a half. That's going to be my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, I, I'm gonna do it too. But if we if we get burned, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna say I told you so, but I'm just gonna say that I had a feeling uh, 
in my plums about that one. Can I just say something about that before we move on to the next topic? I mean, is, is that a cop out? Yeah, that's a cop out. And I also like when you say, oh, if we get burned, like, like think about, think about how we'd get burned. It would be pudgy faced, clear visored CJ Stroud. Like I'm already seeing the sky cam zoom in on his face where he looks scared of shit, scared shitless at the SEC players. Like, you know, that look I'm talking about, right? Where they zoom in on CJ Stroud and he's like, holy shit, what's going on? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, like that, that's what it's, it'll it's be. hard. It's hard to think of a way that that we get burned and Georgia doesn't put a pretty good beating on the Buckeyes. But crazier things have happened. But now it's uh, we we watch we watch this team all year. We watch this team all year, and may, maybe you know maybe we're maybe we're watching more than uh, a lot of people that that get paid to talk about this shit, and 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 they're fooled, and we're not. So. Uh, I, you know, Ohio State hasn't been impressive at all this year. So, unless uh, Santa brought them some some magic uh, over the holiday here, I, I don't think they have a shot. Uh, how about the Rose Bowl? What do you think about the Rose Bowl? Penn State, Utah, five o'clock Monday. Utah minus two and a half. You're just gonna hammer the Utes and and uh, call it a day. I mean, do you want my real honest thoughts about this game? I heard you a couple weeks ago with a guest talking about this game. Oh, well, Bomb Bomb would say, Bomb would say, it's a fraudulent appearance. <laughs> I mean, Is that what it you're is. about to say? <laughs> I heard it and I said, I couldn't have said it better myself. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, but the thing is, gee, here's the, here's the issue I got with you. And it's not personal. It's just, you're, you know, you got the Penn State honk in you. Like, you can't say, oh, I had Utah as a <laughs> as a playoff team this year, so it'll be a good test. Like, like, yeah, I mean, I guess preseason they were good. They lost in the swamp, whatever, whatever, and they, like, you know, win the Pac-12 by default, you know, because USC ch- shits down their leg. Um, so I guess in that sense it'll be a good test. Like, Utah is typically a pretty tough, well-coached team. But, like, we can't be sitting here saying, oh, well, they were a preseason, you know, top four. And I guess the biggest the biggest issue I have with this game, and I don't even know the line. It's two and a half, you said? Yeah, Utah minus two and a half. You, you can't, as a Penn State fan, tell me that Sean Clifford is going to start and play this entire game. Is he starting and playing this game? I believe so. Yeah, I I mean, he's definitely starting. How much more? How much more grift? I mean, can we start the young kid? What does it matter if Sean Clifford wins a Rose Bowl at age 32? Can we start the young kid? I got a feeling we're going to see him on Monday. Well, they they better. I I hope we do. They better. I hope we do. But no, I, I I don't think I was saying, like, that Utah was a good matchup because they were in my top four you know preseason I just think they're a pretty good team uh, I think the Pac-12 was was better than, than most years this year so I you know it's not like they're going and playing uh I don't know some middle of the road like Pac-12 team or some some Pac-12 team that won the Pac-12 in the year when the Pac-12 sucked like the Pac-12 was pretty good this year and, and they won it they beat USC twice um you know that high flying offense so I think I've if if if, it, if Penn State wins a game, I think it's I think it's a pretty good win. Um, it doesn't really mean anything. Who do you got? It, it's the Rose Bowl. It's 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 still the granddaddy of them all. It's it's the best game outside of yeah, the college football it's playoff. Not. It's really not because it is like now the Peach Bowl is like is. a thing. So like you're getting a third place Big Ten East team. Like they should do this shit like the World Cup, where basically. You know, the World Cup, they have, like, a, a third-place game. That's the most unbelievable thing. Like, you know, you get knocked out on the way to the championship and you're playing a third-place game. That's fucking soccer for you. But basically what I think should happen is, you know, if Michigan loses to TCU, 
Great. They get to go to the Rose Bowl and play Utah as a representative of the Big Ten. I mean, why is Penn State available to go? It's ridiculous. What, two, two days later, you just you, you just ship Michigan from Glendale up to uh, Pasadena? Maybe you give them a week, <laughs> whatever you want to do. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is they won the Big Ten. If they can't participate in the national championship, ship them out to Pasadena, do the whole thing a week later. I just don't think we need to see the third-place Big Ten East team out there. It's the way it shook out, brother. Like, it was either the Buckeyes or the Nets, and the, the Bucks got in. So, I, I don't know who's to blame. I think you should blame Alabama. I think you could blame Tennessee. Uh, I think you could blame USC for all these teams that, that didn't want to scoop that four spot in the playoffs. So, don't hate don't hate on my Nets just, just for getting there, for, for going 10-2 and two and beating everybody they were supposed to beat. I mean, I know it's it, it is what it is. I don't know why that's so funny to you, man. Beating everybody they were supposed to beat. Oh, man. It's like showing up to work every day on time. That's like what Penn State well, football does. T- tell, tell me a team other than, uh, I don't know, the playoff teams that, that did that. Alabama losing as a favorite. Tennessee losing to South Carolina. Getting embarrassed by South Carolina after being the number one team in the initial college football playoff rankings. USC losing to the same Utah team twice. Look, all I know is Mel Kuyper has Will Levis as his number one quarterback going in the NFL draft. I'm trying to figure out where he has Sean Clifford. Is he on the list somewhere? Am I missing something? Did I miss a page? That that was a smooth transition. Hey, I'm I'm not a I'm not, I don't love Clifford, man, but sounds like he does uh, a job. Sounds like he's a serviceable guy that just beats teams he should beat. I mean, he never got us over the top, never will. So uh, he did some all right things. Oh, he's an all-time leading passer, G. I mean, don't beat this guy. He's the all-time leading passer. Yeah, and I'll be the all-time leading podcaster if I just sit in this chair for the rest of my life and, <laughs> and not hit stop on the recording. So <laughs> I, I, I'm with you there. Um, but no, uh, I'm, 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 looking to say I'm looking forward to that game. It should be a good one. Hopefully they play the young kid. Yeah, I'd I like to I, see the young kid play. I think they got to have a couple packages installed for him. Um, I don't. I don't think you need to play that game like to win it at all costs. You know, for for some reason, Sean Clifford is having a day. Like, if you had a plan to play Aller, you got to put him in there a little bit, get his feet wet. Um, but now, nah, the, the, dude, the Rose Bowl's the best. Hopefully, it's a nice day. Nit, Nittany Lions wearing the all whites on, on that on that grass. Uh, it'll it'll look pristine. You know, it will be winding down uh, the whole holiday, two weeks here and everything. January 2nd, it'll be a Monday. So we need we need a good game to cap off the holidays. And then you got you got Bills-Bengals Monday night uh, after that game. So good uh, good Monday evening to, to wrap up the holiday season. Uh, any Anything else? <laughs> Dude, that, that, that nosebleed threw me off. Um, I'm trying to think if we, we covered anything last week. Or any questions or any hot topics, you know, we kind of did this on a, on a whim tonight, um, but I'm I'm glad that we did. I don't I don't think I have anything else that I really wanted to to put out there. I mean, did you get it, get any uh, any favorite holiday gift you received or or gave or anything memorable? Any any funny happenings? Ah, uh, not really. I mean, you know, standard stuff. Uh, great great holiday, great holiday. But I will say, I'll close on this, G. Outside of the gifts, outside of the time spent, I mean, one of the greatest gifts that I got was a Sixers win at Madison Square Garden. It didn't sound like you watched much of it. I watched from the second quarter on, and what I saw was a team that rallied. What I saw was a guy in Tobias Harris who was still pogo sticking it up, jacking three bad shots, threes all over the place. And then I saw a guy in Joel Embiid who's raising his hands, lifting his arms up in the air, uh, like he, like he just won the NBA Finals in December, you know it's 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 like the sun, you know it rises in the east, it sets in the west, and uh, you know and the Sixers you know put on a joke of a show on Christmas Day only to to petter out at the end of the year. I mean I can't wait to watch this collapse. It's gonna be incredible. We got Tyrese Maxey coming back. Oh Should yeah, be back yeah. Just need Maxey. Just need Maxey healthy. Just need Hertz healthy. Lane Johnson back. Avante Maddox back. We need everybody just healthy and perfect. Yeah, I, I only caught a little bit of that game, and then I had I had money on, on Green Bay, and I'm an NFL over NBA guy, you know, 365. So I th- 
through through that game on, but I guess the Sixers are picking it up, but that's usually just to, to put us down or, or drop us hard come springtime. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll cut it there. <laughs> Good episode. Uh, nosebleed and all. I'm, I'm still here. You know, we'll go up and check the blood pressure, make sure we didn't lose too much. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Don't forget, wherever you're listening, hit us with that five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, etc. cetera. Uh, don't forget to share this podcast. Uh, and until the new year, we'll wish everybody a happy new year. Talk to you soon. Peace out.